to another episode of Getting Off the Hamster Wheel, how to find a career that brings you joy, fulfillment, and success. My name is Karen Weeks, and today we have Brooke Katutis joining us to share her story about how she made a career change from client services to human resources, and she was able to do so by staying with the same company and learning the power of internal opportunities. So let's jump in and hear Brooke's story. Everybody. I am so excited to have Brooke on our episode today. I've known Brooke for several years now, and I've always been really impressed at how she's navigated her career. So I'm really excited to give her the chance to share her story with you. So Brooke, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself before we dive in. Thank you. Well, hi, Karen. It's great to see you again. And it's, it's been a long time. And I just want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm really excited to tell the world about my crazy journey and how I got to where I am today. And I'm hoping after today, if someone hears my story out there in podcast land, that they'll know that uh, there's really no limit to uh, where you can end up in your career field and every little bump counts along the way. Excellent. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. I was talking to someone earlier today about, you know, it can be, you know, sort of building the story along the way and you never realized you were building that story. You were just taking different opportunities. And when you look back, you go, oh, all of that was leading to this. Or it could be, you know, at that time in my life, this was the thing I was interested in. So I did it. And it's, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to all this. Oh, that's, that's definitely my story where uh, I started with one interest and ended up with another. So that's a great segue. Um, so let's start diving in a little bit deeper. So um, where, what were you thinking about as you like started school and sort of earlier in your adult life? What did you think you wanted to be? So a little background on me. Uh, I'm originally from the East Coast. I grew up on Long Island, New York, right outside New York City. And I had the most unconventional job as a teenager. I was a movie extra and I shot a few commercials And I worked on a soap opera for a short stint for a while. So I had the acting bug from a young age. And so by the time I got to high school, when you're at that point where someone says, okay, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I thought um, I wanted to go into entertainment simply because of that's, that's the environment that shaped my decision was the entertainment industry. And so by the time I graduated, I ended up at ASU in their film and media program, and they have a incredible film program at that school. Um, I eventually wanted to go into screenwriting, and I also wanted to do casting or talent management and PR since that was a big part of my life. And I figured if I had that exposure, I'm good. I, I have a career set for me, you know, and I just needed the degree. Uh, however, <laughs> the, uh, there was a writer's strike in Hollywood. I don't know if anyone remembers this one. Or not. <laughs> it ended around 2008 and it had a big effect on the film industry and they stopped filming out in Arizona. I think it was due to taxing. I can't really remember, but something to do with taxes. And my professors were actually the one to say, Hey, you might want to switch majors. We're not really sure the film industry is really going to look too good in a couple years after you guys graduate. So right then and there, I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially if your professors are saying, maybe you want to reconsider this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's scary. When you have your own professors telling you, you might want to reconsider your career, you're kind of stuck in a rock between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. But, uh, At the time throughout college, I was waiting tables at a resort and one of my coworkers or fellow waitresses, her uncle owned a small film studio in Scottsdale. And lucky for me, I lived in Scottsdale at the time. So she said that 
he was looking for a part-time admin for the, for the studio. And I figured, you know what, it's a film studio. I'm a film major. I'm about to graduate. I have the background, but I also worked previously three summers before at a warehouse doing administrative work. <laughs> so I figured that if I can tie those things together, I will get my foot in the door with a film studio. And so when she put a good word in for me, uh, lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, I got the job as the part-time admin at the film studio. And I was waiting tables till three o'clock in the morning at night. Oh <laughs> so I was doing double duty by the time I graduated. Real, I feel like that's the story of a lot of people, by the way, is that especially in entertainment or while you're trying to get your foot in the door somewhere, you're doing multiple things to piece together, like how to pay the rent and how to pay the, pay the school loans and all that stuff. Oh, it was definitely a big part of my life with learning. And you know what? I think waiting tables too is the most undervalued and underrated job mm. you can have out there because you're learning a whole lot about customer service. <laughs> um, so while I was working at the film studio, it wasn't until about, I'd say eight months later that my boss saw my potential to move me up when two interns got into a fight over <laughs> what in the office, not like physical, but a screaming match. And I was the one to de-escalate it. Oh, and wow. Her, I guess he was just impressed how I handled the employees and the conversation and just calmed everyone down. I ended up getting a full-time role there. And I went from part-time administrative role to more of a senior role. And it was kind of my first step into an HR role. Mm -hmm. From there, I was now handling all of our onboarding, our training, our recruiting, all of the paperwork, and of course, coordinating film festivals and casting calls on top of that. So oh, wow. I got my foot in the door by basically de-escalating a fight in the office. <laughs> <laughs> the story of every HR career. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, and what's really funny, and we're going to get to this in a second, is that you know those interpersonal skills, like you said, whether it was as a waitress or by just sort of naturally knowing how to step in and de-escalate a situation, those soft skills are so applicable in whatever direction you ended up going. And mm -hmm. I know you use them in a couple of different roles, which we'll talk about in a second, but that obviously there's just something inside of you that has some calming nature that's able to figure out how to handle a situation. Oh, absolutely. And I also think uh, working the Super Bowl in the restaurant with people... <laughs> <laughs> you kind of help too. So I, I, I literally think it's just a whole combination of different jobs I had from growing up. And of course, being around adults too, in the acting industry, I learned very quickly how to handle myself. So I think I owe a big chunk of my career to that as well, with my background. Yeah. So you were starting to find, you know, this role at the studio, you're getting more responsibilities. Um, obviously, you are not still at that studio. So what happened <laughs> after that? <laughs> so unfortunately, after about a year, the studio, uh, I guess, closed shop, you know, it was just a small independent film studio, and they decided to go to California, which I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. I was out of the job. And that was my first taste of unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to go back to waiting tables at night just to make ends meet. Um, at the time, my, uh, my boyfriend at the time was a personal trainer and he, one of his clients was a client service manager for this newish tech company called Yodel. <laughs> I had heard about it when I was at ASU. A lot of people were getting jobs mm. and they talked about how awesome it was and the culture and it's super crazy. So um, he told me that they're looking for a client people for the client service roles and uh, I said, sure, I'll look into it. Why not? And after a couple interviews and just walking around the building and being amazed at this crazy tech company, 
um, I landed a role as a client, I'm sorry, client success specialist at Yodel in June of 2014. That's so funny. Um, I did not know that's how you were introduced to Yodel um, through a client that was your uh, a client of your boyfriend's. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's funny, and uh, she ended up being my my team manager at one point. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's really, you know, when you put it out into the world that you are looking for something or you're open to a change, it's funny how those random things just kind of pop up. Oh, absolutely. And this is before I was well aware of how like useful things like LinkedIn was, mm. where you can put a post down and say, hey, I'm looking for a job in this, or I have a friend, here's her resume, and just send it out to the world. So for me, back in the day, uh, it was all just word of mouth, basically. Hey, do you know anyone that's hiring? That's how I ended up at the film studio. And then that's how I ended up at Yodel as well. Yeah, that's so cool. And I, I think the um, other thing, especially for someone who hadn't worked in more of a traditional office space before, to have the opportunity to go in and see it and be like, oh, this is a culture that I think is going to resonate with me. Whether the job itself was exciting or not, the company was, sounds like the company was speaking to you. Oh, I was completely sold on the company from just the tour alone and then just hearing around ASU campus about how all these crazy things going on in the office, these fun events. So I knew I wanted to work for a company like that versus the typical corporate jobs as well. Mm -hmm. Nothing against typical corporate jobs, but I just knew that I, I felt like more of a tech startup would yeah. be my field eventually. Um, so from day one as a client success specialist, I did not love the role. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough role. Not going to lie. It's, it's, oh my gosh, it was so tough. I was way over my head when I first started. It took me about a, a year to feel super comfortable in that role, but um, I actually did very well. Um, I just try to absorb as much as I can. Uh, a lot of shadowing. That's how I learn hands-on and shadowing and asking 10 million questions. Um, it wasn't until a couple months in that our HR site lead, uh, sent out an email blast to, to the company. <laughs> and I remember reading the email. I have no clue what it's about. But uh, I looked at her signature and I saw human resources. And that was kind of like my aha moment. That's how I'm going to get another admin role. That's what I want to do. And I figured with my HR-ish background from the film studio, I can handle an HR position at Yodel. Um, I had difficult conversations at the film studio with mm -hmm. interns and hiring people. I'm sure I can handle it too at Yodel or so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I replied to her email and just said, hey, I would love to schedule some time to come and pick your brain about HR. Uh, two days later, I wound up in her office asking 10 million questions. <laughs> and I tried just to share similar experiences any way I could relate to her. I figured, you know, if there's ever a position open, maybe she'll keep me in mind. I just wanted to get myself in front of the right person. Mm -hmm. And I consider that probably the smartest move I've made for my career was just getting in front of that person and picking her brain. Well, and I think especially when... Um, we think about opportunities at, you know, entry level or like your first or second role in that kind of field. What we look for is people who are smart, who can pick things up and have those soft skills. You know, it's like any field, but, you know, using HR as an example, I can teach you 
benefit laws, or I can teach you an HRIS system or what questions to ask as a recruiter. I'll teach you all that. But if you can de-escalate situations, if you can create strong relationships fast, if you can identify, you know, talent in someone just by just having a gut instinct, those are things I can't teach. And so I'm always mm -hmm. willing to take an, a risk, quote unquote, um, on someone who may not have like the paper background, but has all those soft skills and all those instincts that are spot on. Oh, absolutely. And I remember discussing that with you too. <laughs> and I remember too, um, I took off on a Friday for my birthday and I came back that Monday and in my inbox was an HR coordinator or internal role they were hiring for. And that's when I went again, aha, that's what I want. That's the role I need. And so I remember during my interview, uh, you actually asked me, Karen, what can you bring from your client services role into HR that will help you succeed in this role? And I just remember saying, you know what, that's easy. If I can handle difficult clients, difficult conversations, if I could uh, juggle numerous tasks, and for me it was building websites while people giving me live feedback on what I was doing and trying to understand new platforms every day, I could handle HR because it is chaotic, but I, I thrive in chaos. And I knew that my background in CS would definitely come in handy for HR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, you're right. If you can handle a difficult client, you can handle a difficult employee. Because I hate to break it out there in podcast world. If you don't know, there are difficult employees. And sometimes there are <laughs> days where you're dealing with stuff and you're looking at people like, what is wrong with you? And there's a lot of great stuff about HR, but those days are definitely there as well. And I am not making this up. I do remember interviewing you from the fishbowl <laughs> in the New York office. <laughs> and, go, and especially because I had worked with client services when I first joined Yodel, I was like, this is totally going to work. This is going to make a lot of sense. And the HR site leader was a huge fan of yours. And so we were thrilled to bring you over to the HR team. And um, all these years later, it sounds like you really had found your home. So how have you grown your HR career um, since you first got that you know, foot into the door? Um, well, I made sure that from day one when I got the coordinator role that I surrounded myself with probably the most intelligent people I've met, um, Yodel, especially in the HR team. I remember I was paired up with so many amazing people and I pay attention. I ask a lot of questions and I educate myself. I love to read, so I'm constantly on the SHRM website. So I remember when I first started, one of my first questions I asked my coworker was, okay, so what do you recommend I read? And she said, well, you should observe too, not just read, because you can learn so much from a book, but if you shadow the right people, you can definitely learn this career and succeed. And that's exactly what I did. That is amazing. I remember when I first started my HR career, I was working for a company that didn't have any HR. And so I was reading a lot of books and then just because there was nothing else sort of to soak in. And then I got to another company where there was an actual HR team and I got to see that stuff in practice. Um, and at least the way I learned having that foundational information in my head was so helpful because then when I was observing it, I was starting to put the pieces together. I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. that's like what I read here. And that must be like that case study that I read. And yes, that's definitely on paper. But for me, it was putting the two together. And I just remember too, I think I was in that role. I was in that role for about two years. And then I got bumped up to senior HR coordinator. And I started having people coming to me and ask questions. And that for me meant so much because it meant that I stood out in some way where someone now said, 
I can go to Brooke for this. Yes. Brooke knows it. Brooke understands. And so by me picking someone else's brain, now others were coming to me to pick my brain. And I thought that was such a huge achievement as well. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really great moment where you're like, wait, someone's coming to me for advice. I'm the expert in the room. <laughs> what? Um, and so as you've, so let's see, that was what, five years ago that you first moved into HR? So I was with Yodel from 2014 to 2018. So I was in that HR role, I'd say about four years. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, time flies when I, you start adding all that up. <laughs> I know. It's it's so crazy how quickly things have flown by in my career. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. And um, so for those of you, obviously we're talking a little bit of shop talk here because we were at the same company. For those of you who don't, don't follow Yodel and don't know like the history of Yodel, uh, it was acquired um, mm -hmm. and went through a great acquisition by another company. And so when you had the opportunity to take that next step outside of Yodel, was there something that was really important to you from an, especially as a learner from an HR standpoint that you're like, I want this to be my next step or were you open to a lot of different opportunities? So by the time I left Yodel, my next goal or my next title that I had in mind was to be a generalist. And so I actually landed a position as an HR generalist um, for a small fintech or finance company, mm -hmm. and they were very corporate. Um, but that position entailed me as the only HR person. And I didn't oh, know wow. that I was the only in-house HR person. So that was my biggest opportunity to get the floor running. Okay, now this is my opportunity to be a leader in this role because that's what I wanted when I left Yodel was mm -hmm. I wanted to be an HR leader. And then you find out you're the only HR generalist for this small company. You're definitely a leader now. So that was, that was one of my most challenging positions, but I learned so much going into that because I knew I wanted that leadership role. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have learned some of the biggest learnings by being the only person um, on the HR team or, you know, one of two, because you really are you have to step in and figure it out. There is no one for you to turn to. I mean, obviously you have a network and mentors and those sort of things, but you know, within that moment, they are looking to you to make the decision. So that ups your game very quickly. Knowing that I didn't have a team to fall back on and say, hey, let me get somebody else's opinion real quick or let me pick their brain. It was on me to make those decisions. And that was one of the most challenging roles, but I also really liked it because again, I, I became that leader and that's what gave me the confidence to move into the role that I'm in now. I was with that small company, I believe for about two years. And then was, so when, again, sort of thinking about like what's important to you in the next step, was there something that you were specifically targeting when you got to your current company? So with my next role in mind, I decided that I wanted to step away from the benefits and payroll side of HR. I learned a whole lot between Yodel and this other company, but I realized that I wanted to focus on employee relations. Um, I, I actually didn't mind having, you know, those difficult conversations, coming up with policies, working with legal teams on latest developments with company policies, handbooks, things like that. And so um, a colleague from Yodel was in town and we grabbed lunch one day and she said, hey, my company is actually looking for an employee relations specialist. And it was the role I wanted. It was just perfect timing and, and it was everything I wanted in my next role. That's amazing. And by the way, finding a good employee relations person is really hard and so incredibly valuable. 
um, you are the front line to protecting that company mm-hmm. and making sure that you are de-escalating those situations and creating strong enough policies for managers and the company to stand on. And that's sort of the, not always the sexiest part of HR, um, <laughs> but so incredibly important. And when you find someone who's good at it, you hold on to them for your dear life. I'm surrounded by a really great team. I currently work really closely with my legal team. So I'm still, you know, always learning, always a student, but um, I love the idea that leaders depend on me and we make sure that we're, you know, staying out of trouble or giving the best sound advice for employees and always have employees best interest at mind. That's what I really love about my current position. That's great. And when I think about knowing you the way I know you, that is such a natural progression for you. And I think that's the great thing about even when you get into your sort of found career or the thing that you're passionate about, the journey is not over. You're learning new things within that field. You know, do I want to be a generalist? Do I want to be a specialist? Do I want to focus here? Do I want to focus there? Do I want to be part of a small company? Do I want to be part of a big company? the journey continues, even if you found your niche within HR. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I know that I have so much more to develop in my career with my current position now. I I love the company I'm at, and I know that there's so much potential for growth, but uh, I'm just going to continue learning as much as I can and doing what's best for the employees. I, I just really enjoy what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, even if your company makes widgets, your people are still making those widgets. And so employees are the you know blood, sweat, and tears, the, the breath, the heart, whatever metaphor you want to use for your organization. <laughs> and if they aren't engaged and excited and working towards something, then you have a problem on your hands and your business will definitely suffer. So building out policies and making sure that when issues do come up, they're handled in the most respectful way possible. You know, that's what keeps the machine running. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've had my fair share of uh, pushback (laughs) as well as making everyone happy in a huge company. But at the end of the day, you do what's, what's right and what's best. Yeah, absolutely. So as we wrap up, you've, you've definitely shared like learnings of yours along the way. What's some advice that you would give to people listening who are thinking about making a career change? So I would say if you feel like your career's head in another direction, or if you just have interest in another field, don't let your first thought be, well, I need to go somewhere else. I need to go to a new company if I want to start over. So let's say you're interested in event planning, but you're in a client services role. Instead of jumping ship and going to work for an event planning company, you can always find that person who's in charge of planning the Christmas party or the company retreats or even just the company meetings. Sit down with them, pick their brain, make yourself known. Why? Because your brand is already built within the company and so is your reputation. Um, You know, in my experience, I got in front of the right person and I put that interest out there. And if you could find at least, let's say, one hour during the week to sit down with this person and say, hey, can I shadow you just to just get an idea of what what you do or how this works in this company? Or if you could find a way to improve something, make that opportunity yours. So don't don't think to jump ship right away. Um, You can always create those internal opportunities for yourself some way, somehow. 
That is great advice. And I think also a company to your point, because you have a brand with them, they're willing to take that risk on you. You know, jumping from CS to HR with a company who doesn't know you might be harder. Giving a chance to someone within your own organization who you trust, you respect, you know they're going to work hard, they're good learners, whatever the thing is that's important to you, they're culture champions, that's the person you want to take a risk on and bring them you know, into a new role or give them a new opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, reputation is everything in the workplace. Even my parents instilled that on me, you know, always be on time, show up, do your job. And for me, I think it's because I had such a good um, report and background with my CS role. I was, you know, I was a great employee and I'm not just saying that to toot my own horn. I was a great employee. I worked really hard, no matter how bad some days I had. Um, you know, I built my brand. I maintained my reputation. And I think that was also a big help in landing the HR role that I got at Udall. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that we had a chance to reconnect. That's always a selfish, exciting reason to do these things. <laughs> um, but I really do think your, you know, your story can be really helpful for folks because especially that internal movement piece, I agree. I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, I'm going to have to leave my company or I don't want my company to know that I'm thinking about something else because what if they let me go? Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, a good company won't if you're doing a good job, a good company will try to help you find that path forward because they want to retain you and help you develop your own career. It doesn't have to be the traditional ladder up. It can be what's important to you and they'll help you find that within the company itself. Oh, absolutely. And I think I'm the best example of that. I mean, I didn't take a straight career path. I was all over the place, but eventually I landed where I wanted to be. You just have to be willing to go over a few bumps in the road and a few setbacks, obviously. But if you work hard, get yourself in front of the right people and um, try and just maintain your brand and your, your, your passion for what you want, whether it's a five-year plan or maybe what I want to do next year. If you maintain that, you'll get there. Awesome. Well, thank you again for sharing your story and for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you again to Brooke for sharing her story of how she found her career path by talking to her manager about her goals and staying with a company she loved. I hope today's conversation helped inspire you. And if it did, please consider subscribing to this podcast, sharing it with others, and leaving a rating and review on the platform of your choice. You can also check out our Facebook group, Career Changers, to continue the conversation. Until next time, remember, there's always a way to get off the hamster wheel.